Hey, Dusty. Hey, what's up, bud? Uh, yesterday was... It is, it's currently Monday, May 30th, 2022. Uh, yesterday was AEW's Double or Nothing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's, for, it's still on. It's a two-day event. Yeah, it never ended. Is, is it yeah. actually two days, or is it just two days because it's so long and you have to watch it for two days? No, it's uh, it's just very long. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what she said. But also... Don't like why do they keep? Why do wrestling pay per views keep getting longer? Uh, I, I think it's a hubris situation, and also because they just have the window, so they're like, well, we have a five hour window, so we must do five hours of content, and I think that that is a incorrect reading of, uh, what you should be doing. You know, I also feel like every, I say every, there's two. I feel like the rosters are too bloated. I understand why they release people like crazy because you don't need this many people. You just don't have a minor leagues. That's a completely different shit. You know what I mean? And then bring people up if you need them. And if they're not making you money, get the fuck rid of them. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's AEW's idea is to relaunch Ring of Honor with a bunch of the underutilized or not used AEW guys. Yeah. Uh, which would be fine. But, like, if we run through this pay-per-view, there's just there are so many people, not just so many matches, but within those matches, just so many bodies. Well, it's because and, they have a... It's crazy. And I'm going to seem very negative on this yeah. podcast. They have a business model that is built on surprise debuts. That is how they drive. Uh, that is how they drive eyeballs to their product. That's why Tony Khan has a huge announcement on Wednesday. It's always like, "Oh my God, is Bray Wyatt gonna show up?" Yeah. It's like just some dude who's on the indies who like sixteen people in the crowd like, but they're like, "Oh man, this is a new toy." Yeah. And so th they have a thousand surprise debuts that they've done and now they're like what do we do with all these surprise debuts they don't even call them wrestlers anymore right they're just new former de surprise debuts new debuts yeah yeah uh, so it, it bloats uh, your roster yeah i mean some of them are worth it the other problem is they signed a whole bunch of dudes from the indies when they were first getting started that were like the guys that were available that you could get you know and um, Tony Khan, because he apparently has a conscience, doesn't want to release these people from the deals they signed. So some guys have been fallen off, but those guys have been replaced with new guys. So the roster never really gets any smaller. It's just gotten considerably better, like yeah. uh, wrestling wise. 
but you still have a lot of wrestlers for the amount of television that you have. And I don't necessarily want more AEW television. There's already think, too much. <laughs> yeah, they they need uh like a better acclimation or like a, a better allocation of those resources. I think would be the the better way to go. Cause like, I just got attacked by my cat. Holy shit, what is he doing? Stop, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, dude, he's pro AEW. I just I'm, kissed him on the head, too. I started I started following Houdini on Twitter. Real <laughs> AEW stand. Yeah, know? he does not like Vince. No. Um. Okay, so I'm going to run down the card with just results. And then we can talk about things that we found to be interesting if that uh, works for you. So Yes, full disclosure, I didn't watch this card. I was flying last night. I was uh, <laughs> I was sitting my ass in an airport for delayed means, flight after delayed flight. Means Andrew um, took a bunch of hallucinogens. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Couldn't watch the papers. I was astral projecting, bro. Um, yeah. I only saw the main event, but... That's not what I have a take about, so we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, on the pre-show, Hookhausen, Hook and Danhausen beat Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, his manager, in a tag match. Uh, Wardlow defeated MJF in the opening match, uh, so now he has been able to sign with AEW officially, uh, which is good for him. Uh, Matt and Jeff, the Hardys, beat the Young Bucks in a tag team match. Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Anna Jay to retain her AB, her AEW TBS Women's Championship. The House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, Brody King defeated Death Triangle of Pac, Penta Obscura, and Ray Phoenix in a six-man tag uh, after Julia Hart turned evil and spit mist in Pac's face. Uh, Adam Cole defeated Samoa Joe by pinfall to win the inaugural Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Cup. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeated Ruby Soho to win the Women's Owen Hart uh, Inaugural Foundation Tournament Final. Uh, America's top team of Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zandt with Dan Lambert beat Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. Uh, This is where I have not seen the following two matches because I got home from an event that I had last night. I saw the tag team title match and the world title match, and I've been catching up on the show throughout the day, and I still haven't caught up. So, uh, oh no, I did see Kyle O'Reilly defeated Darby Allen by pinfall. Thunder Rosa beats Serena Deeb to retain her women's title. That is a match I have not seen yet. And the Jericho Appreciation Society, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Angelo Parker, and Matt Menard beat the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and then Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz by submission. Uh, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus retained their tag team titles, defeating Keith Lee and, and Swerve Strickland and Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks by pinfall. Uh, and then CM Punk defeated Hangman Adam Page by pinfall to win the AEW world title. Just the amount of time that it took for me to run down the results of this card. There are 13 official matches on this rundown, uh, including the pre-show match. That's too many wrestling matches. 
Yeah. Make your wrestling show smaller, shorter. Hey, bro, you have the ability to pick the matches. Pick fewer matches. Uh, Yeah, I think part of the the thing, again, is that they're like, we're charging people $50. We want to make sure these people get their $50 worth, which I appreciate, but like nine matches is a completely suitable amount of wrestling matches. Like the, the one of the best pay-per-views we've ever watched and was one of the most well-received that we've ever done is the Canadian spit Dampede where there were four matches on the card. Yeah, and just and like, guess what? Banger, 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 banger. Yeah. Hot main event, hot opening match, good world title match. You're You're great. So I think eight to nine is the magic number. 13 is too many wrestling matches. What the fuck is your cat doing? Dude, dude? he is. What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listening audience. I've got yeah. a demon sitting in my lap. Get the fuck off of me. Leave it in, dude. He's still my best friend. <laughs> Sometimes I've, friends fight, you know. I have Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? We have minor disagreements. I mean, it's not like they're in necessarily in danger of oversaturation somehow because this apparently is going to be one of the either the most bought pay-per-view or one of the most from AEW and there were like 14,000 people in the arena. So clearly they haven't like ran the ground dry with like what they're doing, but it's just there's so many matches and a bunch of the storylines of these uh uh, on this card, like, don't make sense or are rushed, and you could just save them. You have television, like that Kyle O'Reilly Darby Allen match was awesome, but it was only ten minutes. It put it on dynamite. It'd be just, it'd be you could give them more time, and it would be more well remembered because it's not lost in the middle of all this other shit that's on this card. Yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> it's tough because I understand the idea that like more wrestling the better, but like. Maybe front load front load the bloated shit and have like a five 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 match like this is the real main card. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like because this was this was by far the uh just based on what I saw on Twitter, the the least well received AEW pay per view since Punk's debut. Yeah. Um well <laughs> I think the booking is going to cause some uh divisiveness, but I think that's stupid. So, you can't squash MJF. <laughs> I. That's my one take. You can't squash MJF. Well, for this match, for that match, I feel like they put themselves in an unwinnable situation because Wardlow has to win. But do the fans want to see Wardlow sell for like? five to six minutes while MJF takes over on him? Probably not. But then how do you do the match? Yeah, it's another one. Like, have him wrestle somebody else, except for other than, like, your one, uh, well, I can't say one, but your your homegrown star of the future. You know what I mean? Like, if if you need him to come in and squash somebody, have it be somebody else. (laughs) Well, the storyline... The storyline calls for him to beat MJF. I just don't know how you do the match any other way. Well, write a different storyline. 
it's possible. But for, <laughs> but for what they did last night, he's got to win his freedom from MJF. Like, that's the whole story. So you can't have him lose, yeah. especially when they've been building him up as this monster. But, yeah, you got to do, like, powder in the eyes, or you got to do, like, a low blow before the bell starts. Something so MJ, MJF gets some of his heat back. Because he just, he got literally squashed. Yeah. Wardlow pinned him with a foot on his chest. <laughs> like, I just, and, uh, I just don't get it, man. And maybe it was different before MJF tried to pull some shit on the on the weekend. Well, uh, I think I think I think we're gonna have to. And this is me also. I I, I like AEW. I want to get that on the on the table. But yeah. But this idea that they are this utopia for wrestlers, where nobody's gonna get left out of their contract and everybody's gonna get paid what they deserve, is just plainly not true. Yeah, I. I think the problem is, so I, I posted on Twitter the, the other night, if you can't see the difference between MJF threatening to walk out, because I don't think it's a work. I think it's I think it was real. If you don't see the difference between MJF threatening to not have his match with Wardlow and Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out on a random Monday Night Raw, I don't, I, I don't understand you as a person. Because context is important. It is not the same. Like they're not they're not equal uh, transgressions. Like there is no other opponent for Wardlow in this match. They've been building the entire. Th- it's the second best built program on the pay per view, unless you're like me and you think the CM Punk Hangman Page build has been sort of so so, and then it's the best built match on the show. And MJF knows that, and so he's got that leverage. But if he bails, they don't have. There's no good backup plan. For Wardlow to on the pay per view, there's no make good that makes any sense. Like Naomi and Sasha leaving on Monday Night Raw, it's just a Monday Night Raw. No one is gonna care a year from. No one knows the difference. They just were gonna be in a six woman match, and then they weren't in it, and they put two other people in it. It's not. It's not the same to me. The did Naomi and Sasha drop the belts? Are they back as champions? Uh, they have not returned, and they left the belts before they left. So they're crowning new champions. They just that could like, be pretty bad because it hurts the lineage of your title. I think that they would argue having the two, having the women that hold the tag titles lose singles matches to the women that hold the individual titles is also bad for the titles, <laughs> which is what they were arguing. They're not wrong they at all, um, right? So, so I, th- I, I think that there is nuance in both issues. I'm just saying I don't think they're the same. And people who are like, well, it's the exact same, so you can't be mad at MJF if you weren't mad if you were mad at Naomi and Sasha. I don't think that that's a... I don't think that take takes into account the difference in importance for the two things. I think we need to know, in order to truly have the context here, and we won't, we need to know what MJF's beef is. And how much he's making. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much he makes. I know yeah. he signed an extension early in AEW. And he thinks, from all the things I'm reading from Sean Rossap and various uh, wrestling uh, newsletters, I'm not just making it up. The thing, they might be making it up, but I'm just secondhand telling you what they're saying is he feels like he's outperformed that contract for that amount of money, which he certainly has a case for. 
Like, he's the top heel in the company uh, and is great at his job. So he wants more money, but from what I understand, he doesn't want to tack on any more years to his deal because his deal's up the beginning of 2024, and he wants to try to get as much money as he can by starting a bidding war between WWE and AEW for his services. But he wants more money now because he feels like he's earned more money, but he doesn't want to sign a longer contract. And so negotiations are not going well, according to, again, the things that I'm reading. And if that's his beef, I think that's legit. You know, I don't know how you get past that, but it sucks to, in theory, if this is what happened, try to hijack the show and ruin one of the bigger matches on the show because you're unhappy with uh, the contract negotiations. That makes me less sympathetic towards uh, MJF's uh, plight. Yeah, I I get you. I, I understand that. I just, I feel like if, uh, and I tweeted it today, if, uh, yesterday, if AEW did not make MJF happy, I think it's a bad sign. Because I think that is, he is on the short list of people you make happy in this scenario. I think he is up there with Punk and Danielson, if not, in my opinion, uh, more important um, than than them in the long term. Right now, maybe not. But in the right. long term, CM Punk's not going to wrestle till he's 50. He's right. just not. He already looks old. Yeah. Um, Danielson, you never know. He he wants to wrestle till he dies, you know that. But he wasn't allowed to wrestle like four years ago. You know what I mean? So or yeah. however long it was. So MJF could be a genuine superstar, and he is an AEW guy rather than a transplant or rather than a, a surprise debut guy. You know what I mean? Right. So if you can't make that guy happy, and if you make him so unhappy that this is happening. That is a little bit of a question of unless he's just being completely unreasonable, you know. Uh, right. There's there that is definitely an option here where he is just being completely unreasonable and being terrible to work with and all that stuff. I kind of feel like though, I kind of there there have been indications that um, things aren't always what they seem at AEW. Uh, we've heard a couple people who left talk about it, and we we've, we've heard about um, you know they they do. I mean, they, they they aren't releasing people. They're letting contracts expire, which I respect and appreciate. But it's not going to be this uh, they pay everybody and everybody's happy situation. It just can't be. So, like, um, you're just not going to make any money like that. That's the problem with a lot of people don't understand that about, especially, like, Vince could pay everybody and be fine. Yeah. Because Vince has built an empire where he makes a gajillion dollars every year. I yeah. bet AEW hasn't turned a profit yet. Uh, from what I've read, if they weren't doing video game development, they would be in the black. But the video game is costing them so much money that they haven't turned a profit as of yet. So, yeah, and it's probably, I mean, in in that scenario, I mean, they probably would have put that money into something else. You know what I mean? Right. That's Because that's, that's just how it works when you're early on in your um, building any you lose money immediately you know probably in almost every business you're going to build especially in the entertainment business where you're where you're promoting stuff yeah. um and now and and especially when he's buying up all these all this talent you know what i mean there's a reason bray white is not in AEW yet 
And it's not yeah. because he stinks. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's I mean, clearly they came to some sort of resolution because again, I don't think it's a work. There's parts of it that might have ended up uh working working out and making a better story long term uh if they run with it. But I think the initial MJF is not answering his phone. He doesn't want to go through with the match. He's thinking about bailing. I don't think any of that is fake because there's no real benefit to putting that story out if it's not real. That I can see at least. Um, yeah, I agree. So, so clearly they came to some sort of thing or he or he realized like my my leverage only goes so far and I am stuck in a contract even if I don't want to be till 2024. And, you know, so I I think this is the way the match had to go. I think you could have given MJF a, a little bit, but the, like, this is a match where the, uh, the finish was never in doubt. So I guess it really doesn't matter what you do, you know. They, yeah, but they why couldn't, play. why couldn't it have been a close good match? Like, he's not just a great heel and a great promo. Like, he could put on great matches, too. I don't know why you... I do an absolute squash in that scenario unless you have a grudge. And I'm not saying they did it because of a grudge. If I had to guess, I just I bet that's how they booked it. I just don't know why they booked it that way. Yeah, I think it's to put to keep Wardlow as this giant monster, this unbeatable monster. Like and, and there are tricks you can use in wrestling to make it more competitive, but maybe they just saw like this is exactly the thing the fans want. We'll open the show, we'll give them exactly the thing they want. Um and then they did a stretcher job on MJF, so he might be out for a while, um, either because of the situation that happened or just as part of the storyline, you know. But yeah, I agree. You do uh, most everything you can do to keep MJF around because he is the best heel in wrestling, and most of the money is made off of a great heel taking on a great babyface, and he's really above everyone else as far as heel work goes unless they turn Danielson back into a single and he goes back to being the the prick Brian Danielson character which was also fantastic so yeah and and he's I, I love Brian Danielson as a heel but the the novelty of we got all these famous guys is going to wear off and I think it's starting to wear off so you now have to start writing compelling stories and MJF is going to be a very important part of a lot of compelling stories as long as you keep him on your roster and you keep him happy and participating. And so, you know, like I said, there's a, there is a chance he's being the dick here. Um, for whatever reason, I feel like that's not the case, though. I, and, and meaning he probably is being a dick in the, in this, like you talked about, he was going to bail on a pay-per-view. Like that's a dickhead thing to do. And uh, it's, it's, it's fucked up to Wardlow and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it's the right way to handle things like this, obviously. Right. But I mean, I, for whatever reason, I feel like his unhappiness is likely justified. He is probably underpaid. And that's probably just me being a fan of Dana White, I mean, of UFC and watching what Dana White does, and it might be me, PTSD. Promoters never pay what their their talent, what they're worth. I mean, you, you, if right. the, the, pr promoting is a business built on not paying people what they're worth, you know? Right. So I, I just instinctually am like, no, fuck the promoter. Yeah, and I am, I am 
percent of the time on the side of workers' rights, like fuck the WWE for Naomi and Sasha, stay home if you want. And MJF, if he had left, that's his right to do so because technically he should also be considered an independent contractor if they're not paying him health insurance and he can't work other places. I just think uh, it's it's not cool to do it the day of a big match where you've been one of the big promoted people in it and uh, it's going to screw not just you but the other guy in the match and the company that has previously been paying you. So it's an odd it's an odd mixture of things, but I am on his side that he should get paid what he's worth and he's way more valuable than what they're paying him regardless of what they're paying. Him. That I would tend to agree with. Yeah. So uh that that match uh was a way to a good way to open it. Um other highlights, the House of Black versus Death Triangle trios match was insane. It was really really good. Um of course, the Lucha Brothers and Pac are awesome, and I really like the wrestling side of the House of Black. The storyline stuff is kind of hokey, and I don't think they've got it dialed in yet. Um, but that was a really enjoyable match. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen killed it for the 10 minutes they got. I really like Kyle O'Reilly's wrestling style. It's very MMA-influenced and like realistic-looking the way he gets in and out of transitions and the holds that he puts on people and stuff. Uh, Paige Van Zandt did, did not do terribly. She did not do well, uh, really well, but it was not, it was not awful. It didn't stand out. That's like her, uh, it's like her UFC career. Yeah. It's yeah. She's, she is an athletic person who can do athletic things, but she's not a pro wrestler. Uh, she might be able to grow into one, but it's not the same as like, Rousey, you can immediately tell, like, oh, she could do this. Like, even if she hasn't been training long, she has the instincts for it, you know? And I, honestly, I, knowing what I know about those two girls, I'm not surprised by that, because Rousey, for all her flaws, she was going to take it seriously. Um, I doubt Paige Van Zant is going to, like, focus all of her time in wrestling training. Sure. She's also got the bare knuckle fighting, you know, she's got to do. So yeah, she's got to lose at that. Uh, and then in the main event, oh, the Owen Hart uh, stuff was a nice moment. They had Martha Hart come out and present the the belts and the trophy. Why did you say that name? Yeah. <laughs> we both have moms named Martha. Um, <laughs> and I guess Adam Cole, I'm not stoked that adam cole beat samoa joe since he's the ring of honor champion and uh, i am it's been undefeated yeah we're uh we're far apart on that one Uh, but (laughs) he's a menace he's a danger to society uh rancid played great played out ruby soho for her to lose which is also (laughs) interesting but it's fine and then uh now adam cole and Britt baker both as a couple can like you know, tout that they've won the, the Owen Hart tournaments. So it makes sense from the storyline. Did you know they're uh, dating? You knew they were I, dating? <laughs> I was vaguely aware. And Charlotte uh, is Ric Flair's daughter? Yeah. It's not as bad as uh, the Ty Conti, Sammy Guevara shit. If you were watching the shows, you would hate that shit. <laughs> they are really milking it, and the people hate them, which is, I guess, good, but I, don't, I think it's the wrong kind of heat. I think it's we don't want to see you heat. Oh, you think so? That think sucks. So. Because yeah. people loved both of them before. Yeah, it's just, I think they're, uh, you know, as uh, hackneyed as it is to say, I think they're like 
social media presence or whatever is really it's really cringe. annoying it's, it's really, really annoying it is yeah yeah so uh and then in the main event cm punk beat adam page which uh everybody can hate if they want but it makes the most sense because cm punk's the most famous person on their show so he should be the champion <laughs> i saw actually i saw decent um reaction to that on in, on social media yeah i think like they still gave hangman page his, his moment they didn't immediately when danielson and punk came in throw their whole plan out the window and not give page the belt in the wind over omega because that would have been really egregious but if you're just looking at it from a from a market standpoint cm punk is going to theoretically bring in more eyes than adam pages and Adam Page is really good at chasing the belt as the champion. Uh, from what I've heard and what I've seen, people were kind of blah on him as the actual champion, which happens sometimes. Sometimes the guy's better in the chase. You know. You know the cha- who should be the AEW champion? Who's that? MJF. <laughs> well, I think if he ha- if he hasn't fucked himself by doing this thing where he threatened to walk out i think that's where they're going that's where i would be going is you have because the the big fear in the storyline is that cm punk's gonna win the belt and he's gonna turn into a dick because he always does because once he's the champion he turns heel on everybody that's what i would do Uh, not immediately but i would have punk hold the belt for a while and then he turns heel and then mjf turns babyface and wins the belt back for AEW as the whatever the because as as great as he is as a heel he can equally be good as a baby face oh man you know? i don't know if I... you know me i'm a heel guy well but then mjf can turn because he can win the belt and do the thing that punk's uh punk used to do which is say well now i'm the champ my value has increased and i can go anywhere i want and now i'm the champion so you have to pay me or whatever like you can have him be the foe valor you know and then as soon as he wins the belt you fucking flip the switch and people are gonna hate him even more you know like listen i'll buy a ticket yeah i think that's where i that's where i would go i don't know that that's what they're doing they they already announced john moxley versus cm punk for the title at the la show they're doing on wednesday because they're trying to get as many people in that building as possible and as many eyes on it as possible and i think that's the disadvantage you want to put the belt on the young guys that are homegrown that want, you know, and you build those guys up, but ultimately CM Punk's selling more tickets, you know? So, uh, way it goes. <laughs> CM Punk versus John Moxley for the, who the fuck do you think's going to win this one title? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is fine. So I don't mind, like a lot of times I don't mind wrestling being predictable. It's a story. I know the Avengers are going to win at the end. I just want it to be interesting, uh, as I go. I want you to to give me some twists and turns, but like, I don't think Ant Man's gonna die at the end of the Ant Man movie. You know, that's uh, it's never gonna happen. So in the same way, a lot of times wrestling, the best wrestling is the predictable ending, but it, getting there in a in an interesting way. Too, that, many, uh, too, too many swerves, bad. That Page versus Punk match was. Uh... It's rough. It's a little bit, a little bit rough. A little rough, huh? Couple little, uh, couple little spots there. 
And you well, know me, I'm okay with botches. I've talked about yeah. this before. If you, if in real life, if two people were fighting in this ridiculous way, <laughs> this, <laughs> this st- stupid pro wrestling way, they're yeah. going to fall every once in a while. Well, I think the thing is, I don't know that, I don't think Phil Brooks will ever come after me for this, uh, given what you can watch from his UFC career. He is not known for being the most gifted person athletically. <laughs> like, uh, and I think he's made a very good career out of being a very good wrestling storyteller. He's a very good wrestler. He understands psychology. But a lot of the high spots or like crazy physical things, he's not going to be able to do what Penta or Ray Phoenix or any of those dudes do. And doing the buckshot lariat is a crazy athletic thing to, to do. And I, I admit don't... though, buckshot lariat, stupid move. It is stupid, but it's very. It, it hurts doesn't more because make... <laughs> he does a flip before he does it. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the laws of thermodynamics, Andrew, but uh, you put more force behind an object. Thermodynamics. <laughs> I believe that's a Newton's law. Listen, when you know? when your never mind. When your feet hit the ground, that momentum is gone. <laughs> the rest of it is a jump. Yeah. All you have to do is jump. <laughs> right, uh, but. Looks badass, man. Okay, <laughs> yeah, man, it really does. I'm a goddamn cowboy. I do some flippy shit and fuck yeah. it. It's called a buckshot, man. So, Watch yourself. So it's, yes, it is a stupid move if you think about it logically. But it is also an athlete, a very athletic thing to have to do, especially Adam Page is tall. So to be able to do that flip and nail it and then hit the clothesline, that's not nothing. And it's just... That's not a thing Punk is really great at trying to pull off. And he fucked it up. He fucked it up. And then he was like, no, no, no. Let me give it a take two. No, you let it go, man. You got to let that one go. I could totally do this. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> you just eat it. Like, you know, you've, we've all been with people who are like, oh, I'm going to jump that fence or do whatever. And then they eat shit and they're like, no, no, let me try again. No, it's over, dude. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, it never works out the second time. But What makes you think the second time when you're even less, uh, whatever you have less energy is going to br- bring a different result around than the first time? Well, and the first time could have been seen as, you know how Bret Hart every once in a while would just collapse when he was trying to do something because he's so exhausted because he's yeah. such a great wrestler. Right. Um, that's yeah. how it was. I mean, he was so good that he had those moments where, like, he's trying to do something, but his character is so exhausted and beat up that it can't physically do the thing. You know what I mean? Right. The the, the spirit is willing, you know? Yeah, and with the buckshot lariat, when, when Punk tried it, I was like, oh, that's cool. He's doing a thing where he's going to try the guy's finisher. By the way, I get it, guys. Stop trying to do each other's finisher to each other. It's not yeah. as cool as you think it is. It's... <laughs> I feel like everybody's doing that in wrestling anyway. But you could have just played it off as, you know, you were going to try to do this big moment, but you're so beat up because you have uh you 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 have such heart to stay in this match that yeah. you can't but you, your body just physically can't do what you just tried to do. You could have played it off as that till you try it again. Yeah. And then it's... you you fall and finish the lariat. And <laughs> this this defeats the purpose of the lariat because he fell on the flippy shit, and he just jumped and did the clothesline, did the same shit to Adam Page that it would have done had he landed the yeah. flippy shit. Uh, yeah, it's also one of those things where, like, 
you can retell, you can rewrite the story. He could have fucked up the buckshot lariat the first time, and if you hadn't went for it again, they could have on commentary or the next week or whatever. He could have brought it up and just been like, "Yeah, I really just wanted to, you know, show him that I could that I could do it, and I just was so exhausted that it that it didn't work." You know, I'm a I'm an old cowboy these days, but if you do it again and you fuck it up again, there's just no the it's it's completely a botch. That's some I didn't hear no bell shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. It so I think he was really caught in the moment and part of the <laughs> part of well I and part of the match and the story they're trying to tell is oh I'm gonna hit you with your move and then you hit me with my move and I don't and I just think they didn't want to let it go and oftentimes in wrestling if you fuck up the spot you just don't don't go back to that spot especially immediately. Like he tried to do it on the one side of the ring. It didn't work. And then he was like, well, let me try it. Let's see if these ropes are any better. Uh, he should stick to his style of match. But I think ultimately for now, Punk being the champion opens up way more matchups than that are marquee matchups than Hangman Page. And Hangman Page had a good run. They're not doing the thing where they just put the belt on every WWE guy that walks through the door. So I'm not upset about that, you know. And I think the story of CM Punk eventually turning heel on AEW is the story to tell. Okay, so after okay, so Moxley and Punk are having a crazy match, right? They're they're right. going because right Mox, after each other. Moxley's crazy. Obviously. Yeah. Moxley gets out of the ring. He goes down. He opens. He he pulls up the the apron. Right. He pulls up the thing to go under the under the ring to get something. Who pops out but Danhausen? Dan he uh uh Moxley pulls Danhausen out. Right. Yeah. Danhausen gets up, uh uh slides into the ring, hits the go to sleep on Punk, slides <laughs> out of the ring. Moxley becomes champ. You, you spin this is after it ref bump, obviously. Sure, you spin it into Punk versus Danhausen. Punk versus Danhausen. <laughs> uh, that is a very nice, very evil idea. It's a it's a three month program. Yeah, I'm cursed. You're cursed. Uh, I think they're gonna do. I mean, they're gonna run Punk's old feuds, certainly, probably with some AEW guys mixed in. But like, they're gonna do Punk and Joe, and they're gonna do Punk and Danielson. And Punk and Kingston probably again, and I think those were all Punk bigger. And Jericho. Yeah, at one time you had to do it at least, you know. Uh, and I think those are all bigger matches than the biggest matches you could put together for Page, just based on the fact that CM Punk is a more mainstream star than Adam Page is at this moment. You know, they're go- they're probably going to do Kenny Omega comes back. And then Omega and the Bucks are going to take on Adam Cole and his guys. And then Hangman Page is going to have to pick a side. And that's probably the next program that Page is involved in. And then you circle him back to the belt. When If MJF wins the belt and turns heel on everybody again, then you got Page and Omega and all those guys that he can wrestle. And that's, you know, that's what I would do. But also, I'm not Tony Khan. I would also pay MJF his money. So, Yeah, I'd give him a yacht and a blank check. Uh how was Danhausen? He was good. He did not do a lot. I think I don't know if his leg is still injured, um, because he broke his leg. Yeah. But uh, him and Hook as a team work really well. 
because Hook is so serious and Danhausen is so silly. Uh, I was telling somebody because Danhausen has a pro, uh, a, uh, what is it? Like he has a rod in his leg now from whenever it broke. It would be funny to me if his bionic leg turned evil and did stuff the rest of his body didn't want it to do, and he was in like an e- <laughs> an Evil Dead situation. He could pull like, that off. He could. Yeah, that's a perfect Danhausen thing. And also, everybody who's mad at comedy wrestling or Danhausen, come on, people, what do you want? Like, I don't like some comedy wrestling, but Danhausen has a lifetime pass for me. Well, and I some comedy wrestling's dumb, but to, for people to be like. Comedy doesn't have any place in wrestling. It's very serious, blah, blah, blah. Dusty Rhodes used to wear polka dots. He's <laughs> like, wrestling is silly. It's a silly pastime. <laughs> but Oh, do you, you yearn for the serious days of Tugboat. <laughs> yeah. The Repo Man. Yeah, if only there was a Ricky the Dragon steamboat dressed as an actual dragon <laughs> coming to the ring. Those were the years. And a mentally challenged man with a two by four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh shout out to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Get well. He got a recent cancer diagnosis. Uh oh yeah, it... we love you, Hacksaw. Yeah. You know, sending out, uh, send out the vibes for Hacksaw. I uh am working on getting a uh I'm trying to think how to frame this. I'm working on getting a acceptance speech into the Idell Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, by one of our Hall of Famers. Okay. Um, I've been working on it for a while, sure. um, but he has gone radio silent. So oh, no. I do not know if I will have this. All right. Um, when I, w- once this is all said and done, I will I will tell you who it is, and it won't be a surprise. Yeah. Uh, this man went radio silent. So I, uh, I would say overall I enjoyed uh, Double or Nothing, I think there are still the company's only three years old, so there are still tweaks to be made. I think Tony Khan is very exuberant about trying to give the fans every single thing that they want on a big show like that, which I think is a good sentiment to have. But I still think like just logistically 13 matches is too many matches to sit in front of, especially whenever some of them are going over 20 minutes. You know, it's just too much of anything. Like it's, it's not just wrestling. It's you reach a, you reach a breaking point for every band you've ever seen for every movie for UFC cards. Like there's just a point where it's like, I, I can't do it anymore. That's why I think they would benefit from having a longer pre-show and a shorter main event, main card, even though it's the same thing and it's even worse value because you're paying for less. I just think it would people would be feel less obligated to watch 19 hours of wrestling and like if um if the ufc cards that i buy didn't have free prelims and it was all on that card the card wouldn't feel as good right then if it's i'm i'm the the paid part is the five best fights and that's yeah. that, that's counterintuitive it doesn't make sense to for it to be that way but that is the way it is yeah. you know what i mean well, and I think it's, it, like you said, like whenever I'm watching the free fights or the prelim fights or whatever, I'm doing other stuff. Like I'll, you know, go get some food or I'll walk on my treadmill or I'll like make my meal prep or whatever. But if I paid for a pay-per-view, I'm sitting my ass down. I'm watching those five fights okay. and it frees, it frees me up to not feel like I'm obligated because I paid my money to watch all 13 of these, 
matches in one sitting, you know. I broke I've broken it up today. It's been much more enjoyable as an experience than if I had watched it live. You know, I just had to stay off Twitter until Yeah, that's that's how I uh watch all of our wrestling shows. Like I can't sit down and watch the whole pay per view. Yeah. Uh especially when they're bad. <laughs> Like December to dismember. I, I, that one was only two hours long. I'm not gonna watch that whole thing. Yeah, that's uh, you gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta do it in increments, match at a time. Do a match. <laughs> take take care of your cat. Do another match. You know. Speaking of my cat, he just jumped on my table. Come here. <laughs> Got anything else about uh, AEW no, I think, Double or Nothing? I think that's it. I think we covered it. Uh, pretty well without going through all the matches. Again, watch the uh, House of Black match if you ha- if you get the chance. It's really good. It's my favorite match of the night. Oh, the- by the way, I heard Jeff Hardy look like shit. Oh yeah, the Hardys. It's it's rough. Like I don't that they're having Jeff wrestle too much, or he's just in way worse shape than anyone knew, which makes sense considering all the shit he's done, and he feels an obligation. To do even more shit, like he did a swanton bomb onto the steps last night. Like, you don't got to do that, man. Nobody's asking for that. Just or come if they out are, and do the do the freaky freaky deaky rave dance. <laughs> yeah, give me one do, of these where you point the guns at your mouth or whatever. Yeah. Have, whatever wear wear your net shirt and do a flippy thing, but you don't have to do that flippy thing. Yeah, don't do eight flippy things. You know, it was it was just a rough match, and the match had no build. Like, uh, they sort of burned the Young Bucks versus the Hardys at least the first time. I'm sure they're gonna do a rematch with the ladder or some shit because they, they have no self control in that regard. But they just gotta they the Hardys gotta stop trying to be the 1990s Hardys, and they gotta go full deletion. They gotta do it. Yeah, or if they started wrestling like old man tag team style, that'd be really funny. Like if they just completely changed it and it was like they were from the seventies. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like go full. Uh, I don't even. What was that called? Maximum deletion or whatever they called it. Oh, the ultimate. Uh, final deletion. Final. Go full that those guys again. Yeah. And wrestle some stupid horseshit seventy style, and yeah. just tell good stories where you're crazy fucking brother Nero and shit. Yeah, dilapidated boat. <laughs> just, Dil- yeah. <laughs> oh shit! It's a dilapidated boat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks is the second match on a pay-per-view is crazy because that is a money match even without uh, like stipulations. And so I feel like it either should have been higher on the card or you leave it off and you build it and you do it one time where they can really excel at it and then you leave it. I uh, can't wait for what Cornette has to say about that match. Hardys yeah. versus the Hardleys. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting, but, uh, yeah. So that's double or nothing. Uh, this is a special, uh, drop episode where we try to go through some of these things. And, uh, so thank you for everyone who listens, follow us on the socials. You can get those, uh, for many of the other episodes. (laughs) We're uh, glad you listened. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye everybody.